Okay, good morning everyone. It is good to be back. I apologize for the long delay, but it was for Simchas. Thank you, thank you. We should all, all, all hear Besor Rostova, share in Simchas. And Kodesh uh, Baruch should continue to watch over all of us, uh, especially what's going on here at Israel. Okay, with that in mind, so we left the middle of a sugya, but the sugya is a very, very long and exhaustive topic, and that is a Balkari and the and the special kula that Ezra enacted that typically while someone requires 40 saw a regular uh, mikvah to go and do tefillah when he's tamay, it's a special dispensation for a balkari. Again, a balkari is someone who did not, uh, we're on the chaf alef amen, we're on chaf alef amen beis. Um, so, sorry, 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 chaf beis amen alef. Sorry, my apologies. Chaf beis amen alef. Um, we are about uh, 10 lines from the bottom, but before we start, so basically just to catch up, uh, we've been discussing that Ezra enacted a special takana, a kula, a leniency, that when it comes to someone who's a balkari, someone who has a, an emission of zera, of semen, um, obviously not necessarily in, in, in a, in a um, uh, compromising situation, meaning he was mishamish with his... With his wife, he, uh, he had intimacy with his wife, and, and obviously it was it's it's permitted by the Torah. This situation, and he's a balkari. Nonetheless, he has a status of tuma. Uh, but we came along Ezra. We're going to go look into Baba Kama. Today. It's actually yesterday's uh, today's daf. Uh, so it's actually apropos that we're going to mention it. And he was misakin that you're allowed to go ahead and just wash with nine kabin, which says anywhere between three to six gallons as opposed to 200 gallons, which is what 40 saw, which is what 40 saw of a mikvah, the requirement is. Um, so obviously it allows you to go ahead and to um, find, I mean, tire yourself, to cleanse yourself much easier. It's much easier to find three to six gallons as opposed to 200 gallons. Um, and therefore uh, you can go ahead and learn and dive in if you were to clean yourself with Matari yourself with the nine kabin. So we are actually in the middle of the sugya, and we are on Chaf Beis and Aleph. We are right by the, uh, let's see, the, uh, the first word. Uh, okay. Um, here we go. Amar of Yanai. So two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve lines from the bottom. Starts with Amar of Yanai, Chaf Beis and Aleph. Towards the two thirds of the end of the line. So Yanai says, I heard that there are those people who are makil, who are take even a more lenient approach to uh, Ezra's takana. We, we, if you remember, we had mentioned a couple weeks back that we don't paskin like this takana of Ezra. He made 10 takanas, and we're going to mention them today. But this takana never took hold. It was something that the Rov Tzibor was not able to uh, sustain, to uphold, and therefore ne- really never took root. And therefore today, if someone is a Balkari, they're allowed to go ahead and daven and to learn Torah even without rinsing in nine kabin. In any event, Rabbi Yana says, Shemati, Shemakilin, but I heard that, those, he's, that there are those people who are mekel, and they allow themselves even to, to, uh, to uh, clean themselves with um, what's called tefillah b'mechatzos. Mechatzos are uh, bathhouses that have hot water. Now, typically, we know that a mikvah has rainwater, and we don't heat necessarily heat the rainwater. If it's warm, it's warm. If it's not, it's not. But these were specifically heated, and it's not the typical standard uh, requirements, if you will, of a of a mikvah. So we heard. I heard that those people, says Riviani, that are very makel with this. And I also heard of Shemat Shemachmir. But I also heard that those people who are very very machmir, who don't even rely on the nine kabin, they require themselves to be tovel in a full sized forty saw, two hundred gallon mikvah. 
And he says, And he says, I'm going to give a bracha, and anyone who's machmer in this, and despite Ezra's takana of nine kavin, of three to six gallons, anyone who's going to dip in a mikvah, 40 saw, then he will warrant, and he will be zoche to a long life. Uh, so Amr of Yeshua ben Levi, Mativan shall tovle shachman. So the Gemara continues and says, um, <clears throat> he's going to show another proof that you don't really have to be machmi. You don't have to be so stringent when it comes to the stakana of Ezra. Yeshua ben Levi says, what's the reason why these people who are balkaris go ahead and they 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 uh, tovel before duch, before shachris? Gemara is going to say, Mativan ha'iut amar. What do you mean? What's what's the reason? You're the one who said that you're not allowed to learn before doing the mikvah. So why are you asking? What's the reason they do this? You are the author of the statement. It's very weird that you're the one who asked the question. If, in fact, you're the one who said that they're not allowed to learn before mikvah, so now we know why they do mikvah. So why are you asking the question? He's the one who said, You yourself, Shuba Levi, are the author of the statement prohibiting learning before you do tefillah. So why would you go ahead and say, oh, what's the reason for this? No, this is really what he meant to say. Why did they go ahead and be machmer on themselves to go find a full-blown mikvah? Let them rely on the kula of Ezra. And, so we, and, and the other question is, why do they require actually dipping, immersing into the water? Um, Ezra allowed you just to pour the water on yourself. So not only do you not need the 40 sar, 200 gallons, you don't have to immerse or dip into that. You can actually just pour the, nine, the, the six gallons in you. We discussed actually, there was a shita that today, standing under a shower, would take the place of, of the tet cabin. Okay, the more continues. Amar B'chnina, Godar, Godol, Godruba. This was a very, very big takana to go ahead and Gezeira uh, to go ahead and to acquire a mikvah. And the proof is as follows. The son who is following case, there was a man who solicited a, uh, a woman for not such a uh, clean act. Oh, so Rashi says that. We'll get to that in a second. Amrlo Reka. So she said to him, Bore, empty minded one. After we do our act, do you have a mikvah that you can go take a dip in? The answer was no. So he said, Okay, let's cancel this. Let me have my money back. Now, it's a very, very, very strange Gemara. What's the obvious question? Weird, weird lush. No, where it seems he like he's willing to do that because he's so concerned about... Right, right. So I can't comment on the refund part, Jack. I've never had that interaction myself, so I don't know. But... Jeff's are, point. Are you saying that I have him? I'm, I, I didn't say that. You're, you're, you're getting into detail. I'm So tell us what happened. No, I'm kidding. So basically, to Jeff's point, to Jeff's point, if someone's not worried about illicit relations, mikvah is going to be the one that's going to hold them back. It's a little strange. So that's why, as Rebbe said, Rashi said, it's talking about a penuya. She was not a married woman. She was a single woman, which obviously we don't condone, but it's not on the same level as an Asius Ish. It's not committing adultery, which is punishable by death. It's not one of the Sarasa Dibros. And therefore, as a penuya, it wasn't as bad. Because the obvious question is, if it was talking about a married woman, if you're willing to violate one of the Big Ten, obviously the, the uh, thought of not having the mikvah is probably not going to hold you back. Okay, in any event, we see the power of, uh, of not uh, cleansing oneself in, uh, in, uh, in a mikvah. Okay, the Gemara is going to bring another proof now <clears throat> that you don't necessarily need... It just shows how people pick and choose their halach. Correct, correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so it's funny, it's funny. We discussed this in the past. We say, We say this every day after, uh, between Mincha and Marv. And there are six... What does it mean, Rakesh Baruch wants to mizake us? 
So there's six different, we discussed this in the share, there's six different opinions. One is that there's more los assays than assays, in which case it's so easy to refrain from an assay. Don't kill, don't, I would say don't commit adultery, but it's not so easy, obviously. But don't, don't eat Avram and Achai, whatever it is, there's so many easy ones. Hashem purposely made 365 los assays and only 248 assays, so he was marbar, zechuyos. So all you have to do is withhold from something disgusting, Rashi says. You don't want to eat a live grasshopper, <coughs> you, you fulfill the mitzvah. But the Rambam says, to your point, Ron, why am I getting to this? The Rambam says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made, Ratz HaKadosh Baruch Hu lezako, says Yisrael. What does he mean he want to be mezakos, to give us zechuyos? He made 630 mitzvahs. It's impossible that one mitzvah won't speak to you. And the Rambam says, as long as you do one of the 613 mitzvahs, um, and with all its dinam and alachos, you are zochet to olam haba. So Rambam says, all you need is one. So the more that he pit, the more Akash Baruch Hu made, and you have a you have a smorgasbord to pick one that you love, then that is mezaka. You that that's what it was referring to. So maybe this for this guy, maybe it was mikvah. In all honesty, everyone has their one go-to mitzvah. Okay. In any event, we'll, we'll review the other four at a later time. The other four are explanations of that. Uh, but when you when you hear that Drumin Chamarev, now you'll remember. I think it's the Marsha that said that there's 365, 248, and that's why it's much easier to refrain from doing a losa say. Through that, he was Mazakas. Okay, so now, Viter. So the more says, Amr Lehu Rabbechini Rabbanon. Rabbunan Rabbanon. So the Rabbanon, Rabbunan said to the Rabbanon to his Talmidim. Uh, why does he call it Rabbanon? Why does he call his Talmidim Rabbanon? If you remember from Makos Yud, he says, Me Talmida Yosemikulam, right? I learned a lot from my Rabbeim and from my Chavrusas even more, but the most, Me Talmida Yosemikulam. So he calls his Talmidim Rabbanon. And this makes a reference to Gemara Makos and Daf Yud. So Rav Huna said to his Talmudian, why are you guys so lax when it comes to being Tovel, uh, with, when regard, in regards to a Tvil of a Balkari? Um, and you rely on, we said, Rehud Ben was the one who said earlier, never requires any Tvil by Balkari. Rehud Ben says, you can learn women can daven, even without any, even the test Kabin. Why are you guys so makele on that? So Imishim Sina, if it's because the water's very, very close, uh, sorry, cold, then go in a heated mikvah, which basically is not a full-flown, full-fledged kosher mikvah, but at least go to a mikvah. But, but you could use, if you're worried about the cold water, then use a hot mikvah. So basically what he's saying is you, he was mikvah, right? You don't need the full halachas. So here too we see that you can be mikvah. So Amalav Yerav Chisa said, Tvila b'chamin, so you're telling me, you, Rav Luna, saying that uh, you're allowed to go ahead and be tovel in a mikvah in a hot water? So, I'm a layer of other Rava, Koy Kavasech. So, he, you're right, yes, I hold that you can be tovel for a Balkari in a hot mikvah, meaning it's not completely my, uh, rainwater, but you, there are definitely the people hold like you, have Chista, that you can't. But, but is, it, it, is, is it saying if only there's not like a regular mikvah around, or it doesn't matter? So it doesn't say that. So according to him, it seems to be like Hathila, you'd be able to do that. Okay, so Gemara continues. We're get, we have a lot to get to the Mishnah. We're going to just do a few more lines, and then we'll finish to the Mishnah tomorrow. But the next Mishnah also starts about Balkari. So buckle up. <clears throat> okay. Rav Zeira have a Yosef ba'agva demayim be'masusa. So Rav Zeira was sitting in, uh, in a... Uh, a bathhouse. He was sitting in a, in a bathtub in, in a place where there was plenty of water. Amrle the Shame, so he said to his shamish, to his attendant, Zilva Icy, please go bring me Li Tisha Kabin. Please go bring me nine Kabin. I'm a Balkari. I was Mishamish, my, my, my wife last night. I'm a Balkari. And please go bring me Tisha Kabin. So what's the obvious question? And he says, Ushtayalavi, and throw it on me. So Baraba. So someone was obviously sitting with him in, in, in the mikveh area or, or the bathhouse. Lamrle the Markuli, hi. 
You're already sitting in more than nine gallons of water. If you're already sitting in the nine gallons, why are you asking your attendant to go get your teskab and to pour on your head? What, what are you adding? So Amr said to him, Arbam saw, sorry, Arbam saw, there's certain halachos by the test cabin that are exactly similar to the sitting in a mikvah. Mar Arbam saw only in Tvila. So just as the, uh, you can't pour 200 gallons, you'd probably drown, but you can't pour, imagine sitting there and pouring 200 gallons on you. But you, just like you have to sit, immerse yourself in the 200 gallons, Velobinasina, and you don't pour it over you, so too, specifically, Avtishakabin, Dafka, Binasina, Lobatvila. Just like by it comes to the, the, the 40 saw, the 200 gallons, you have to be sitting in it. There's a specific halacha, specific qualifications and restrictions when it comes to the teskabin that it must be poured on you. Okay, and therefore, he told his attendant. So Rav Nachman, Tikin Chatzba Bas Tishakabin, Rav Nachman went ahead and made a special pitcher that held the Tishakabin. Let's say, you know, the truth is, those, if everyone has the uh, Zephyr Hills, those uh, big containers, that's about six gallons. So that would be about five gallons or six gallons. That would be equivalent, more or less, to the Tishakabin. So he made a jug of that size. So if his Talmidim ever needed it, then they have to try to go and measure it. It was very easy. They would fill that with water and pour it on themselves. So Ki Asa Ravdimi, when Ravdimi came from Eretz to Bavel, Amr Rabbi Kiva, Ravdimi said, You should know that Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Huda Glustera said, Lo Shanu, the only time we learned that you need uh, nine Kabin, El Lechola Leonso. There's a special dispensation that they're arguing what did Ezra, when Ezra made his original takana, we're going to get to that in two minutes, when Ezra made his original takana of Tezkabin, under what circumstances? A, there's four possible scenarios here. There's a healthy person and there's a sick person. A healthy person who purposely became a Balkari, meaning he willingly attached with his spouse. There is a health, healthy person who accidentally, beyond his control, had a dream, whatever it was, he was a Balkari. Then there's a sick person who willingly had Bia with his wife. And there's a sick person who involuntarily had a Hatzah Zara, emitted Zara. So four possibilities. So under what scenario did uh, Ezra uh, establish his Takana? So they say it was Loshanu El Onso. The only time Ezra gave this such a Kula is a Chola, sick person, so he doesn't have to walk around and find, he has to travel three miles to a mikvah, and if it happened against his will. But involuntarily, but if he's a chola, but he's still able to be Mishamish, his wife, voluntarily, then he should be able to walk to a place to find. Oh, okay. so, so three yeah. out of four need 40. Good, according to him, according to this opinion. Isn't the whole thing a kula for kula? Correct, correct. But they're even saying 100%. Question is, when does that kula exist? Under what circumstance? So if you have four columns, you have a healthy person who did it willingly, a healthy person who did it unwillingly. A sick person willingly and a, some person, a sick person who happened to be on this control. So what scenario? So we're going to see now Machlokas under all those four categories, which ones was Ezra have in mind? What do you have in mind when he made this Takana? Some of Yosef, it's Berchatz Rav Nachman. So according to this, his, his, uh, his picture shattered into pieces, meaning there was no real purpose for this. If the only indication was a chola, according to these two opinions, Rav Dimi is quoting Rav Kiva and Rav Yudah Glustera from Eretz Yisrael, only scenario where we keep is, where Ezra said you need Tezkab and other, and the other ones you need a full mikvah was the case of a chola who had happened bal karcham, what happened against the will. But for his talmidim, he made this picture. But his talmidim don't fit into that category. His talmidim were not sick, and it wasn't happening to them against their will. So he basically said, the talmidim. So he basically said, your picture is useless, right? It's shattered into many pieces. The picture is never going to be used. You made it for your talmidim, and they don't fit into this category. Kiyasa Amar, Kiyasa Ravin, 
when Rav came from Eretz to Bavel, Amar Usha Ufda, the following Misa happened in Usha. Bekila, in the antechamber to Rav Osha, in his house. Also, Vishal Rav Asi, the following happened in his house, Rav Osha's house, he asked him the following question. Can a person, can a Baal carry, in order to learn Torah, regarding Tisha Kabin? So, what, under, under what circumstances can a person go in and clean himself? So, Amr with the Tisha Aloshanu el lechole hamargil. He says the only time we require that again they're arguing with what Ezra meant. The only time Ezra said that you can you don't need tishakabin except for a chola, a sick person who willingly did it. But a chola, the onso that it happened against his will, you don't need anything. Pater miklum, you don't need anything. And therefore he said, and by the way, so. Uh, Amar of Yosef, it's the Minchatz of Nachman, and he holds, by the way, that now the the um, the uh, picture is back together because he Rashi says earlier in the Darim that all Tamid Tamid Chachamim were considered chola because they don't necessarily engage in exercise; they're not as healthy as the other person. Rashi says they don't eat properly. They don't eat properly. They're always learning, right? So Rashi says that they have the status of okay of cholim. But also, people can always become sick. Right, but this is a general statement. We don't mean, right, so when Ezra was misogynist his thing, it's talking about a general statement. It doesn't really mean necessarily every day it switches. If you're a bari, you're a bari. If you're a chola, chola. Obviously, if you're a chola... You're person. Right, but obviously, if you're a chola, for that period of time, it would apply, but yes. Okay, just a couple more lines, then we'll get the little stuff off the daf. Mark continues. So really, this entire machlokas, to what did Ezra, or to whom did Ezra intend when he made this uh, kula, it is a machlokas between the Amararm. Okay, now, what did they say? Antanarim, Ezra Kamifliki. Nachsi Ezra Hechitikin. Let us really go and, and investigate where did Ezra uh, establish this halacha. So Gemara says, Amar Abaye, Ezra Tikin Libari Amargil. So his entire Takana, according to Abaye, was directed only to a Bari, and the key issue was whether to a healthy person, and the key uh, deciding factor will be whether it was done on purpose, if he was Mishamish, his wife, and he became a Balkari purposely, he has to go do Memsa. And if not, if, if it happened against his will, then he has to go ahead and he can do, that's where the cool exists. He can do the test cabin. <clears throat> so, Amar by Ezra, taking the Bari Amargi Bari Lo then Tisha Kabin. If he purpose was healthy, a Bari is healthy, Chol is sick. Margil is if he did it intentionally, and Onso is against his will, Onos. So he says the Bari Amargil, if a person who went ahead and purposely is a healthy, young, uh, vibrant, uh, uh, virile male, and he went in with Mashamish, his wife, then he has to go ahead and, and, and sort of pay the piper, meaning you have to go now and clean yourself before you go ahead and learn, and you have to go into a regular mikvah. Ubari la'onso, but someone who's healthy, but it happened against his will. It wasn't intending for this to happen. That's where Ezra was masaki in the kula. That's where you're allowed to go ahead and use the kula of Tishakabin. Vasa and then came after that, those were the Tanarim, and then came along the Amararim and said, and then they had a whole separate category. What about a Chola? We don't know that Ezra necessarily had a Chola in mind. He was talking about a Bari, to, to Jeff's point. But what about a Chola now? Now there's a Machlokas. Mar Savar, Rav Dimi will say, came from Israel, Chola Margil, has the status of a Bari Margil. It doesn't matter if you are healthy or sick. The point is, was this intentional? And if you're a Chola Margil, just like you purposely had enough strength 
to go and mishamish your wife, you should have enough strength to go to a mikvah. And therefore, just like a chola, just like a bari margil, a bari, a healthy person who intentionally attached to a balkari requires forty saw. So too does a chola. The chola onso, but someone who happened unintentionally, involuntarily, he's like a bari onso. Then he also only needs test carbon. So contra Dimi, the deciding factor is. Did you do it willingly or not? If you did it willingly, it doesn't matter if you're healthy or unhealthy. If you had enough strength to go and be, do, to do a tashmish, to be, uh, to be intimate with your wife, you should have enough strength to go ahead and, and walk down the four steps into a mikvah. And conversely, if you're a chole, it doesn't matter. If you're a chole, then you're, sorry, if it happened involuntarily, also, it doesn't matter if you're healthy or not healthy. That's where the kula applied. Omar, Safar, and Ravin will hold the opposite. Chole, Margil, Kibari, Lonso. He says no. It makes a big difference. If you are a, uh, um, if you are a chole who did it purposely, that's similar to a bari who, against his will. Because if you're a chole, you're always potter. We'll see in a second from, from mikvah. If you're a chole, did it willingly, then all you need is nine uh, teskaben. But chole also, but if you're a chole and it happened against your will, potter miklum, you don't need anything. Okay. Amr Ravon, Hidasikin, Ezra, Tvila, Nesina, Mitiken. Time out. Where did we see, we see that Ezra made this takana that you need tevila, good for Balkari, but where do you say that you can pour it? How do we know that you don't need to sit in the five or six gallons? Amar, Ezra, Tikin, Tevila, Balkari. So we say, because after, after all, it sounds like all you need is tevila. Whoever said that you need to see that you can pour it. So Gemara says, Amar, Amarava, Ezra, Tikin, Tevila, the Bari, Amargil, Ba'arim, Saw. No, so where do we say that he was misakin, sitting, immersing tevila? That's for a bari, a healthy person, and someone who did it willingly. Then you have to go and immerse yourself into the 40 saw. And then the Rabbana came, Asra Rabbanon, Viskino, Libari, Laonso, Tishakapin. And then the Rabbana came after him and said, If you are a bari, but it happened unintentionally, meaning involuntarily, you were a healthy person, but you were not Mishamish, your wife, you had a dream in the middle of the night and you woke up, you, 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 became a, you saw that you became a balkari during the night. Then you need Tishakabin. And then the Amoram came, and then the Amoram came, and the next subset they argued. I know this is very technical, we'll get to the Allah in a second. But when I came to a sick person, one person thought, Maravdimi thought, that any, the, the key factor is whether you did it willingly or unwillingly. If you did it willingly, then you, you need to get a, a full mikvah. The Cholol Onso Kabari Lonso. And if you did it involuntarily, it doesn't matter whether you're healthy or unhealthy or sick, the bottom line is all you need is a test cabin. Umar Savar, no. Bari Amargil, if you're healthy and you did it willingly, clearly you need Arvim Saw. You need a full-blown mikvah. But a chola, if you're sick, then even if you did it willingly, then you are like a bari who had it involuntarily and therefore you need test kabin. But as someone who's sick and had it involuntarily, you're potter from everything. And what's the halacha? If you are healthy and if you're sick, it doesn't matter if you had bia willingly, and you had enough strength, which makes all the sense in the world. If you had enough strength, you did it willingly, you had enough strength to be Mishamish, your wife, whether you're completely healthy or not completely healthy, you need full tefillah. And Bari Laonso, if you're healthy and it happened against your will, that's where you get Taskabin. And if you're sick and it happened against your will, you're potter from everything. Keep in mind, we don't paskin like this anyway. We don't hold of Takanas Ezra. For those who hold of Takanas Ezra, then the bottom line is, if you're healthy and you did it willingly, if you're sick and you did it willingly, you need need a mikvah. If you are healthy and it happened involuntarily, that's Ezra's takana of nine kabin. And if you're unhealthy, you're sick, and it happened involuntarily, you don't need anything. Now, 
Today's daf, it happens to be so. Yeah. Can you do a graph up there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a PowerPoint. That's right. We need a workflow diagram. Bottom line is, thank God, everyone here is healthy. Willing, willing AI was created just for this. Correct. All right, wait till we get to your vamos, guys. Okay, it's going to be more fun. Okay, now, so today's daf actually is Baba Kama, daf pay base. This is the source where Ezra made today's daf in, in, in Baba Kama is the source of Ezra's Tentakano. So we discussed this, well, Karen, we'll do more tomorrow, but I always like to do some stuff off the daf. So let's just do a, fun, a few t- fun topics. So I'm going to read the Asar Tekanos Tikan Ezra. Ezra made Tentakanos. One, Shekorn B'mincha B'Shabbos. Number one, he established the, the Minach to go ahead and read Kriya Satora Shabbos Mincha. Number two, Karen B'Sheni V'Chamishi. We read the Torah on Mondays and Thursdays until Ezra, by the way, all these came when the Jews re-enter the land for the second time. Right, how many Jews came back with Ezra and Nehemiah? Paltry number. Anyone know? 40,000? 35,000, yeah. About, about 35,000. I mean, we're all sitting here in Boca Raton. None of us are here. We should not be talking. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but it, was, it was a very, very underwhelming number. And he saw that when Yoshua uh, came the first time, Yoshua made Tentacanos. Now, Yoshua's Tentacanos were all about farming and all these special uh, farming halachas. But he said, now we're coming back to the second let me go ahead and make some takanas also. So number one, Shabbos Mincha reading Christo, or number two, Monday and Thursdays. Number three, the Bezdin meets Mondays and Thursdays. Number four, we should wash our clothes on, on Thursdays. Why? So, two reasons. So our clothes should be ready for Shabbos, but why Dafka Thursday? Why not Friday? Okay, okay, but they say so that you can do your stuff if you're busy laundering all day Thursday, you're not going to be able to do other achanas for Shabbos. So you should have clean clothes for Shabbos, and then do it on Thursday, so that on Friday, your punna, you're, you're open, to, you're free to go and do other things. Ochlin Shum Be'er of Shabbos, we'll discuss this. He's supposed to eat garlic on Erev Shabbos. Anyone know why? Uh, to keep the uh, guests away. <laughs> <laughs> keep your wife away. vote actually increases uh, the, uh, the uh, fertility. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. There's, there's so much garlic in Allah. I brought a few, a few things. Seriously. But who said about to keep the guests away? That's an interesting thought. Okay. Um... You know, they have those, um, what are those things called? Those uh, scents, you know, we have in our house that emit scents. Yeah, yeah, what are those, the plugins? Yeah, yeah, those plugins? Yeah. Plugins. Okay, Elliot, if you, you should market that. We'll see if it works. Plugins. Yeah, garlic plugins. We'll see if that works. Let, let me know. You might, you might attract the wrong crowd. Yeah, I wouldn't plan on retiring off that, that invention. Now, women, if they're going to bake bread, bake early, the Gemara goes on to say, because when the poor people come around, they shouldn't have to say it's still in the oven, come again later. So, so it's really the, the anims to come around early. So please cook or bake early so that you have something to give them. They don't have to make a second trip to your house. A woman should wear a certain undergarment for its purposes. That a woman should be chofefes. We're going to discuss what that means in a second. Before she does tefillah. We'll see what chafifa is. Oh, okay, good. And the merchants who sell pretty perfume and pretty jewelry should go into the cities to make the wives look more beautiful, to adorn the wives for their husbands. And he also was Masakin Tvila Fabakir. So that was the tenth. What's interesting, by the way, is that he just goes through nine. Korman Khamshabas, Kormashin Rakmish Dumshin, and when he gets to the last one, Vitikain, and he was Masakin Tvila Labalik. All of them were Takanos. Why does he stick in the word Vitikain? So actually the Shita Makabetza says, because all the other ones took hold. Here he established it, Vitikain, but it never took hold. He had tried to establish it, but it never took hold. The other nine all took hold. What's this from? Where are you taking this from? Baba Kamadaf Pebe. This is today's that. This actually is a source. Today's that. Today's that. That's what I'm saying. Today's that. Why 10 also? 
also the one that oh. Yeshua the tent. So he wanted this the Biyashni, the second coming. So he wanted to pattern <coughs> mimic Yeshua. Very interesting. Okay, now let me ask a question. So Tosos asked this question on the Daf. I don't know if you did it in Daf Yomi today, but Tosos asked the, the question. I'm not doing Daf Yomi. This happened just to be very famous sugya. So Tosos asks as follows. He says, "Why Mondays and Thursdays?" We know the Gemara goes on to say that one second, three days, one second. That's reverse engineering, by the way. One second, that's, that's reverse engineering. The market days were because of the door. One second. So the Gemara says there, the B'nai Israel is compared to fish. We see that, I'm not going to read the enough time, but B'nai Israel is compared to fish. Just like fish cannot exist out of water for 72 hours, kachava by the Yidin, that we can't exist without Torah. Torah is our, is our water, is our breath. Kihem chayenu, barichameinu. It is our, it's eis chayim il machazikim, but for those old, it's eis chayim, it gives us life. And therefore, without it, we can't live for 72 hours. So and we didn't have water in the desert for three days. Okay, so right. And, water oh, good. So now, one second. So now, but well, what's the obvious question? Why Monday and Thursday? The Ben Yoyada says, if you would have done it Tuesday and Wednesday, it would have made much more sense. So the Ben Yoyada says, if you do it Tuesday and Wednesday, you have Shabbos. You have Sunday, Monday, two days. Two days reading. Two days off, Thursday, Friday, and one day reading again. Right now, it's not even. Right now, it's not even. You have Sunday, Monday. Sorry, Sunday. Then you have... Tuesday, Wednesday, it's not even, right? You have, you have, the breaks are uneven. So Tosa's basically saying, why Monday, Thursday? You, ben Yoyada says, would have made much more sense. If you really want to break it up to make sure you don't have three days in a row without reading, do it Tuesday, Wednesday. So you have two days off, two days on, two days off, and Shabbos. It would have made much more sense. Tosa brings a fascinating medrash and says, let's backtrack. How many times did Moshe go up? This is off the top. How many times, in, how many trips to, up to Shemayim did Moshe have to Hashem? Three. How long was each one? 40 days. So the first one was, let's chazer, elementary school stuff. So the first one was, he went up Vav Sivan, and he came down Shiva Thomas. He broke the Luchos. The next day was the 18th of Thomas. He went up, he came down the 29th of Elul. That was just to get, beg forgiveness. And the third time he went up Rosh Chodesh, and he came down on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur the 40, all 40 days. And the last time he came down Yom Kippur, he had the Luchos Shneos. So again, he went up right after Shavuos, came down Yud Zayn Thomas. He broke the Luchos, that's one of the five things that happened on Shavuos of Thomas. He went up the next day to beg forgiveness on the 18th of Thomas, came down on the 29th of Elul, the day before Rosh, uh, Rosh Chodesh. And then he went up, sorry, Av, he came down, Chavtes Av, and then he went, went up, because that's four days after uh, Shavuos of Thomas, and then he came, went up in Rosh Chodesh Elul and came down 40 days later in Kippur. Tosus brings the, the Medrash that says, and there Baba Kamtaf Hebez, he quotes the Medrash, Moshe went up on a Thursday and he came down on a Monday. And those, and since he was able to come down with the Lucha Shneos and Koshbarchu forgave us, those two days are considered an Ace Ratzon. It's not coincidental that our long days of Tachanun are Mondays and Thursdays. Bahab, Bahab are fast days, right? All these things make sense now. Once you understand this Medrash that Tosfos brings, Monday and Thursdays, it's not just by chance that we go ahead and have a long Tachanun. Let's make Davin as long as we can. Let's add Tachanun to days of Torah. No. I was tied to us. They're, they're, they're ace rotson. It is only because they're both an ace rotson. Tulsa brings this, and that's why if you're going to fast, we have Bahab, Beis Hey Beis. Right, those are the days that we fast, because Mondays and Thursdays, right now things make a little more sense. Right, Mondays and Thursdays are an ace rotson, says Tulsa, because Moshe went up on a Thursday, he came down on a Monday, and we see that Gosh was Mechaper, right? He, he forgave us, and that is why we have Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. Now, Oh, great. So that's because the Gemara says in Yoshvei Kronos. So the Gemara says there, if you, when you probably get to it tomorrow, I'm not sure if it's on the Amr Beis or it might be on Pei Gimel, says that the Yoshvei Kronos, there are people who are so busy at work 
that all week long they didn't have the time to go here. So again, extra time. We did discuss it, right? Today's stuff. And and the other thing is because those people are Yoshev Abatel all afternoon instead of should be learning, at least they come to Mincha now. Yeah, you guys did it today? Yeah, they did. Okay, there you go. And then the other reason is because you have people who are Yoshev and Batel sitting all day long without learning, so at least they get a little more chap, a little more Talmudorin. Uh, now, uh, I did this piece with Rabbi Goldberg. We, we came back to Florida about 15 years ago. We were still learning together. We did a piece in the Minchas Asher. I just looked at it last night. I had all my markings. Rabbi Asher Weiss asked the following question on Parshat Vashalach on this Pasuk about the, 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 the three days without water. Is the obligation to hear laning Mondays and Thursdays on the seaboard or on the yachin? Meaning, is it everyone's individual obligation to hear Torah, Kriyasa Torah, Monday, Thursday, or Mincha, or is it a communal one? What's the, what's the, what's the difference? He, the question was asked of him, am I allowed to go ahead and learn Can I read, can I learn uh, on the Thursday, let's say, can I do and disregard the laner? Let's say I'm up to, to Shishi, and he's reading the first Aliyah. So I'm learning during Kriyasa Torah. Is that bad or is that not bad? Am I allowed to do that? So he goes to this question. If it's on the seaboard, the obligation is B'nai Israel as a whole can't go 72 hours without, without hearing Torah. So it's not on Ron. Ron can go ahead and learn. Or is it individual obligation? And he brings the Ramban. Ramban seems to say is a Chovas at seaboard. It's a communal obligation. And the proof is as follows. If, someone, if Jack doesn't hear Megillah, we have an obligation for 10 of us to get together and to make sure there's a meaning so Jack can hear Megillah. If Jeff doesn't hear, I'm picking on you today, Jeff, for some reason, yeah. but if you're just in there, I'm a lefty and I'm just- leave my wife out of it. I hear you. <laughs> that sounds really bad, okay. Anyway, but anyway, but if you don't hear Thursday laning, we don't have an obligation, 10 of us, to get together to make sure that you hear laning. So Ramban says that's a proof that the Kriya Satora on a Monday, Thursday is not at an individual level. It's a communal obligation. But he says, so that's how ultimately he poskins, but he does say, obviously you should, everyone, if everyone would have that mentality, then you wouldn't have 10 people listening. If everyone would say that I'm not obligated to go ahead and listen, then you wouldn't have 10 people listening and you can't lane. So ideally he says you should go ahead and listen. If you're gonna learn, make sure there are 10 people there to, to listen, but it's more of a communal obligation than it is a individual obligation. Next. What is Khafifa? So, so one of Ezra's Takanos were, or was, that women, before they do tefillah, have to do it, I have two minutes, perfect. Have to go ahead and do Khafifa. So it's not so clear. So the Gemara seems to say that Khatsitsa, checking for a separation. Remember we discussed last time, a ring, let's say, it's a Khatsitsa. So you have to take it off beforehand. That's Minatorah. But Khafifa is basically just, it's a drabana to wash yourself and to scrub yourself before you go into the mikvah. So the rush brings down Rashi, and he also brings down Rabbeinu Tam. Rashi seems to say that you're required to wash the entire body, and Rabbeinu Tam says, then he brings, the rush brings Rabbeinu Tam, says specifically referring to hair. Um, and really what we say is you really have to wash your hair and comb your hair to make sure there are no knots. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch says as follows, the Lisrok, this is Shulchan Aruch in Yerodea, and he says as follows, Quick test, 199. Velisrok say, Rosha Yafa Masrik, a woman before going to mikvah has to, has to comb her hair very, very well. Shlotienes are said in Bakos, there should be any knots. If Hensrich Ishal Ainba Atma Vesar, but that is called Gufa Samach, the Glossa, she has to wash and to make sure there's no um, no knots in her hair, there's no rings, there's no chatzitos, but it's also chafifa that she should go ahead and, and wash herself and comb her hair to make sure to get out all any. any any products, whatever it is. So that's what Khafifa is, and that was not necessarily uh, in established as the Rabbanon before, before, um, before Ezra's. He just, the Gemara just said, Minatori, you have to move Chatzitos. 
you have to remove anything that's blocking, like a ring, let's say, or a bracelet. But to wash your and comb your hair, that came through Ezra. Lastly, garlic and alach. I know you guys are all waiting to see to become more potent and virile. So now, the Pasuk says in Bar Midbar, Zacharnu es hadaga, B'nai was complaining to Moshe, we remember the fish, Ashenocha Mitzrayim, this in Pasha's Valoscha, we remember everything that we ate, all the delicacies we had in Mitzrayim, Esa Kishurim, the, the, uh, the cucumbers, Vesabatichim, the melons, Vesachatzer, watermelons and melons, Vesabatzolim, the onions, Vesashumim, the garlic. Rashi says the mon was able to be any flavor or any food except these five foods mm. because they were lusting after this and bringing them back to Mitzrayim. So it was not able to become, um, even if you had in mind, it couldn't become shum, um, shum, never become garlic, it couldn't become watermelon because this was bringing them back to the, the, the yesteryears. So Rashi says there, why not shum? Because it's damaging to women who are nursing. Because we know certain things, right, medications that women are taking actually goes through the breast milk. So he says, Shum, Rashi says, because it's not good for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, for the Tinoch. Now, one last point. The Marshal says, the Takana was actually, you can eat it Erev or Erev Shabbos on Friday during the day or at night because the night was the time that the Tamid Chachamim always had Tashmish. All week long they were learning, learning late. Friday night was designated as, you know, lack of a better term, Mitzvah night. And to make themselves more virile, more potent, to increase the chances of, 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 of uh, fertilizing a child, they would eat shuman. So the mission, so the marshal says something amazing. He says this pasuk uh, that that we quote. It says, "Asher should give us the fruit in its proper time. That would be, let's say, Friday afternoon. And then they start v'shamru v'nei Yisrael hashabbos. V'shamru b'nei beis Yisrael yud s aleph hashabbos. Hey, v'shamru bia. They made sure bia is in, uh, intimacy." The Rashi Torah says the Marshal for the Shemur B'nai Sos Shabbos Friday night will be all about this. And the Mishnah Bura says it is a mitzvah. The Mishnah Bura brings it down. It is a mitzvah to go ahead and eat garlic Erev Shabbos. This Mishnah Bura, not some Zohar, you know, mystical stuff. Obel al Shabbos or on Shabbos. In order to increase our, our potency, and the Kafachim says, as long as this only applies to people who are married or the wife is in a state of Tara, if you're not married, or if your wife is Anida, don't go ahead and eat something that's going to increase your potency. It's not going to have a good result. Have an amazing day. Have a, we'll see you tomorrow. It's good to be back.